It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Episode 19, Split Albums and Sharing the Stage. In another time, in another place, loving might have been in place, but for now I'm finding myself fighting, standing on a rooftop dreaming. Hey, world, are you listening? Listen to me. Hey, good morning, Punk Rock Classrooms. This is Mike. And I don't know if it's the morning or evening, but you're probably on summer break, which feels much like the past three months. It's just a little <laughs> nicer outside. Uh, I am a principal from Lansing, Illinois. And this is Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. We want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. Uh, so let's get our classrooms to be like a punk show. We want to bring that passion, that unity, and that DIY attitude to what we do. Yeah, you don't need to, to be a punk rocker or have listened to punk in the past. You know, we all, it's all about having that mindset and, and that's what we're here sharing for and we can all be punks at the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. That's right, Mike. Our, our topic this week is the idea of split records or split albums and sharing the stage, right? This idea. So, yeah. so what's a split record? What is that? Yeah, so split records are, you know, you would have two bands, um, basically each put about four or five songs out you know uh the first five would be this band the second five would be be a second band and the nice thing was um you know the i if you noticed a lot of the the labels that put these out weren't the labels these bands actually were on they're usually like smaller labels who were like hey if we can get you know rancid to do five songs then we can put some other kind of a lesser known band on there one, it helps that record label. Two, it helps that lesser known band. And, you know, because people are going to buy it for rancid. But, right. you know, it, it was a way to just kind of, you know, get more exposure to more music out there. Because I know when I would buy these split EPs, I can't tell you how many favorite bands I discovered because they were like that lesser known band right. that had the, the, the last five songs. Like I remember buying a, a split EP with, uh, it was the Lawrence Arms. And this band called Shady View Terrace. They got their name from The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> and, and they were this, this like screamo band from New Jersey when that was kind of getting big, you know, like from first to last was yeah. coming out. And that was the only like five songs I've ever heard from this band. I've, I've researched them and I just can't find anything of, of them. But, you know, the fact that like they, they put it on there and the nice thing about these split records was a lot of these bands, it got cool because they, they, started taking two bands that did not sound the same, you know, like, so the one I'm talking about, like, you know, Lawrence Arms, you know, just kind of like, you know, a straightforward kind of punk rock band. And then they had like that stream of band, Shady View Terrace. Um, Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite splitty peas is what bands started doing is they started covering each other's songs. That's, there's a hot water music. Yeah. That hot water music and uh, Alkaline Trio one. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) And then, but on that same label, I think it was BYO Records was doing those when they were having the bands uh, cover each other rancid and no effects Ooh. and i remember yes you, you it's not <laughs> I, don't on think I don't think i've heard that one. Oh, like i'm gonna have to i'll look it up on youtube see if i can find it on youtube yes because it's it's not on spotify i i think i still have the actual cd but yeah rancid covered you know five no effects songs so then no effects covered <laughs> rancid i remember reading awesome. an article that when the record label approached them you know fat mike from no effects was like yeah, sure, we'll do it. You know, there's no way Rance is going to agree to that. And <laughs> then Rance said, yeah, of course, we're in. And, I, and then I guess Fat Mike, was, Fat Mike was like, 
well, there's no way I'm going to be able to play the bass like Matt Freeman because that, <laughs> guy's, that guy's like an amazing bass player. Uh, but I'm funny. telling you, um, you know, yeah, so no effects. They covered a couple of those songs off that's of awesome. um, that Life Won't Wait record, but they yeah. turned them from like that reggae style. Like they, it's, yeah. you got to check it out. It's awesome. I'm going to check it out. I, I think the other so side is this. Yeah, the other side of this is this idea of like sharing the stage, right? So I think one of the cool things about the punk scene is like you could pay five bucks for a show and you would see 15 bands, right? I remember playing shows with a ton of bands. And one of the cool things about that punk scene is like, the, in shows like that, there was no headliner, right? There was right, a band that right. played last, but it wasn't like, you know, they were this um, giant band. Like everybody was coming in and you would share that stage, right? I was at shows where we'd, we would share equipment, right? Yeah. So that you could crank through bands as quick as possible. So everybody got to hit the stage and play like, you know, five songs and the next band would come on. Right. And, I think that this idea, when we talk about, you know, this idea of split records and this idea of like sharing the stage is, is this thought process of like, we can bring that to education and the idea that we don't have to be the sole, like, um, we don't have to be the sole source of information in our classroom, right? right like, right. I don't have to be the only one sharing knowledge in my room. I, my, my classroom should be that place where I, I have to admit that I'm not the expert on everything. So right. when we take this idea of that split record, that idea of like, okay, well, I'm the band who can do this part, but I, I need a band to, to do, fill this other void or fill this other niche. And maybe that's a colleague of mine, right? right. Um, I know I have a teacher that I'm going to teach. Uh, she's teaching AP government and I am teaching AP macro next year right? So her kids- That sounds take, like a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually love AP <laughs> Macro. So my, like, my kids will have her first semester for government, for okay. that AP government, and then they'll have me second semester for AP Macro. Well, the problem is those kids will have to review for AP Gov. I'm, I'm not their AP Gov teacher, right? Like right, I don't right. know what they did all year. I don't have the material for that. So she and I are trying to figure out a way of like, well, how do we trade kids second semester? Like maybe right. every other week during review season or once a week during review season, I take her kids and teach them, you know, the regular government that that, that set of kids is on. And she takes my econ kids and reviews with them that AP Gov stuff. And so it's this idea of like, how do we share that stuff? Maybe, um, maybe I don't know enough. Maybe we're talking about World War II and we're talking about, you know, the projectiles and what it meant to use artillery and how can I bring in a, a science teacher or a math teacher to explain how we would measure that out, right? When I get to the space race and we're talking about going to the moon, I don't, I don't really know how, like, how they did all the math with a slide ruler to make that happen, right. but maybe I've got a math teacher who can, who can show my kids what that looks like, right? Um, and I, th I think we just have to be under, we have, just have to understand that, that we are not the sole piece of information in our classrooms. And so just like that split record, I want to bring someone else in right. to, to, to key up this piece of information or just like sharing that stage with all those bands, right? It's my classroom, but I can invite other people in to share what they know with my kids. Right. So right. why is this, why do you think that this is made? Why do you think this is like important at a school wide level? How do you make that happen? Or how do you encourage that at a school wide level, Mike? Yeah. You know, school wide, 
because uh, the thing is, like a lot of times, even if the school has a, an amazing, you know, uh, kind of all-in culture, the the principal or the the administrators, the principal, assistant principal, sometimes they are looked at as the ones that are kind of always just were the ones telling them what they need to do, you know, kind of, even if you have the whole collaboration, I mean, there's still a lot of things, you know, that, well, here's just goes Mike again, talking about what he's saying, you know, so you can't be, you know, there's a saying, the sage on a stage, um, you know, profit in your own land. So it's important, you know, for me to bring others in. So the staff, because a lot of our staff at, at my school, we do not have a big turnover rate. Um, you know, I, I don't have to hire for any um, new positions this year. Nobody left. Wow. Yeah, no. We had we had one um, retiree, but somebody from another uh, dist or building in the district, you know, put in the request to come to our building. Yeah. So there, and, and she used to work in our building years ago. You know, took another position over there, and um, now she's coming back to us. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have to hire for any positions, which, yeah, which is nice, knock on wood. <laughs> but, you know, even, even if I have, you know, this message, um, it, it sometimes just turns into, oh, here just goes Mike's t- telling us to do this again. So for an example, you know, um, in October, I brought uh, Jonathan Alzheimer to our school yeah. and he, he presented at one of our faculty meetings. And, you know, it's funny because I was in the back, you know, and his book wasn't out yet, you know, uh, Next Level Teaching wasn't out. Um, and he gets up there for an hour, hour and a half, and he's doing his his um, his presentation. And I can see the staff, like, all, like, they're, they were so into him. I mean, he's an amazing speaker live, and they're so into his message, and they're agreeing, and he's showing the pictures on, on, the, on the screen of what to, to back up. You know, he's like, I did this in my classroom last week, you know, and – they were so into it and it's funny though because i'm sitting in the back and i'm like this is what i've been saying for two years like (laughs) we need to build these relationships because it's gonna do this but because you know they hear me say it so much it's kind i don't want to say it's in one ear and out the other because our staff does an amazing job at building those relationships but it's like they saw it from a different light they saw from somebody on their level right somebody's in the classroom right yeah Right. I mean, and I've been out of the classroom for eight years now. So, you know, even though I'm in classrooms every day, it's not the same when you're in charge of your right, room right. every day. So they see, here's this guy who's just like them doing these things. He did it the day before he flew out to see us. Um, but like you were saying for, you know, the, the expertise, you know, I admit all the time, there's so many things that I'm not an expert in. Right. And for me, I admit that, and I think all all leaders should. I think all every individual needs to admit that whether they're not where they need where they have areas for improvement. So for me to get people from our community to come in, to have the mayor come in and talk to our fifth graders about you know local politics, right, and the power and the impact of how you know because some of these kids they they especially in elementary, um, they just think politics is, you know, our, our president and kind of that. They, yeah, they don't yeah. understand the importance of local politics, you know, our school board members to come in and they can talk local business owners. So we need to find those opportunities so the kids can hear from them, like, you know, the impact that you can make, you know, the impact you have on your community um, and how we're there. 
everyone's part of it. Again, it comes back to the whole, everyone's in this together, the whole right, unity right. piece we talk about. Yeah. Um, so that's, we need to bring those, those experts in so the kids can see and the staff can see that we, we need to rely on, on everyone else that, right. you know, you know, I know um, at my wife's campus, they brought on a nonprofit organization called a new leaf to come in to talk about like trauma and yeah, yeah. care. Right. Yeah. So they started their year last year. Like my wife is like, yeah, I've read a couple books, but I don't like, I'm not an expert in this. Right. I think this is an important thing for us to work on, but I'm not the expert. So I'm going to bring yeah. in, you know, uh, a nonprofit organization who works with their kids in that in the district and works with families in need and you know doing all that work and have them come in and and talk to teachers about well here's what it looks like in our district here's what students are dealing with if you didn't know this is what some of your students are actually are doing or this is right. this is how they're living and and here's how you can work with those students in a trauma-informed way right it's one thing to say like well i read a book so i'm going to tell you what i read in this book Right. But right, then, right. but then to go like, no, I, I brought this person in because they have the experience and the expertise and they can, they, they can answer way more questions than maybe I could answer on that. Right. I think that's, I think that's key at a district level. And like, like you said, that's key for us on like our classrooms to just bring in someone to do that, whether it's, you know, the mayor or a local, you know, an elected official or just bringing in, um, you know, if you're talking to your students about, you know, like you're doing your civic, you know, your civic engagement stuff and just bringing in a local community organization, right? right like it doesn't right. have to necessarily be political. It could be like, who, who's an organization that, you know, helps clean up parks? Why don't they come in and, and talk about this stuff? Or I think one of the, that was always like one of the cool things I remember about being a kid in school is when we'd have guests like yes. guests come in and talk yeah. about stuff and be like, yes, that's oh cool. I don't like, because you said it like your, your teachers sometimes like they've heard you talk a bunch of times. Right. Right. So you, we either, we, we do two things. You can bring in your own staff members and have them, present and showcase and and lead right right that sort of share the mic part of what we talked about on our last right, last right. episode or if if we need some outside help you bring in an outside expert on that area and have them come in and and, and talk about it and engage your staff and what that looks like and i i think it's key for us to do that and i think you had said this this idea of like um building the, that community outreach right? Like yeah. bringing your community into your school. I like the idea of like bringing in a school board member, right? Like I teach government and, and local government. Uh, school boards are about as, as, as small G government as you can get <laughs> is to have them come in and kind of talk about, well, what do they do? Why do they do it? Why do they think it's important? Right. You know, that's a really well, kind of interesting thing. It's very, I mean, like every time we would have, you know, um, like a, 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 a winter concert or whatever, when I have families filling our, our gym. And I always thank our school board for one, because we have not had any extracurriculars cut. We've never, we haven't had any, you know, um, of the arts cut yeah. um, where other schools are, are doing away with that. Our district is constantly expanding. So I always thank the school board for allowing us to do those things. Um, but a lot of our kids, especially at the elementary level, have no idea what a school board is. Right. And, they need to realize like it's these seven individuals who you need to, you know, thank for being able to, to be here uh, doing fifth grade basketball. Um, right. You know, 
And it's also important to bring these, these community members in. I remember when I taught middle school, we had this thing called reality store and we would have the kids would be students would be assigned um, a career mm-hmm. and they would get like their, their, their annual salary of yeah. what they make a year. And then they kind of go through these stations where they make life choices and they would have though, we would get community members. So we would get the local insurance agent salesman to, to be there to talk about yeah. insurance. We would get an electrician, a plumber. So it was nice because kids, you know, would pick, you know, I'm going to be, you know, a, a, an electrician, which is a great field, a great, you know, trade yeah. to, to learn. But then they would say, you know, well, yeah, they go to the first station where they're going to buy their car and they're buying a $70,000 car because, you know, that's what they want. Right. And then they get to the next station. They're like, oh, well, yeah, you can't afford a house. Like your, <laughs> your car payment, here's what you make. And then they could talk to that electrician right there. Yeah. And he was able to be honest and say, yeah, look, you know, this is a great, and I provide for my family. My dad's electrician, you know? And yeah. so they could explain to them, like, this is kind of, this is my life and here's what I have and here's what I'm able to give my family. And yeah. you know, then, then they see them out in the community as well. And it's, it just kind of builds that bridge for, for our kids. And I mean, for the community members too, like how cool is it to be like, Oh, I remember seeing you at school. And yeah. And you think of that you know, idea of like, if schools are like the heart of a community, right? You, you want to have that interaction between community members because look, your school district might have to go out for an override or a bond or, you know, ask for an increase on, you know, property taxes to fund something. And the more connection we get between those two things and, and, and and community members see the value in schools. That's super important. I think, I think one of those things is, you know, that real life application you were talking about is what's super important, right? Is, is this idea of like, how does, if I'm in a math class and I can bring in someone to explain how they use math in their day-to-day career, right? What does that mean for them? Or if I'm in a right. science class and I can bring in, you know, a, uh, a biologist or a conservationist to come in and talk about those specific things and what they've seen and what they've done, that adds real world application to that curriculum you're doing. Sometimes, right, it's, right. sometimes it can be really tough as a, you know, as someone who like, look, I, I don't, I'm okay at math. I didn't love math in school, right? Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my thing. Right. Um, and to, to prove that I took college algebra twice in college. So I loved it so much. I took it again. <laughs> but, but like, it ends up being this thing where if you can show kids, like, here's how, like, here's an engineer who's going to come in. I remember um, I did uh, robotics, right? So for one year at the high school, at a high school I taught at, I helped out with robotics. Um, because at, when I was at the junior high, they needed someone to do the Lego robotics part. And my, nice. the, the athletic director there was like, Josh, hey, I got something for you. It's going to be real <laughs> easy. You can make a little bit of money. It's really run by, you know, some parents and some volunteers, but I need a, I need a teacher there. I was like, okay, I got it. Right. I'll, right, okay. right. Uh, I was desperate to make some extra cash. It was early in my career. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, before you get, before you get married and all that stuff, I mean, I know for me, like any extra thing, like chaperoning games, yeah. doing this and you're just raking in all that extra dough. Yeah. So like, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. And then that next year I moved to the high school position open at the high school. I got to transfer up to the high school. And so I helped the science teacher out to do the robotic stuff. And we had two engineers from Boeing come and help our kids every week 
programming, engineering, how to build their robot. And we worked with local businesses who would do the, the machining on it for us. And so they got to interact with all these people about yeah. the real world application of what this robotics is like later on. How are all these other people connected into creating this thing, whether it's the machinists or it was, you know, the engineers who helped us program it, all of this stuff it really tied in that, that real world connection. And I think the other piece of it is that we have to understand, like it's easy, especially at a secondary level for our subjects to get really siloed off, to think that yeah, you only definitely. math in a math class and you only talk science in a science class and, and you only, you only use English in an English class, right? You only, right. you know, well, I, I'm supposed to write a paper in my social studies class. Like, come on, man, this isn't English. And I have to go be like, yeah, but you write, everywhere like that's right you know so i think this process of bringing in our colleagues to help us out if whether that's cross-curricular and then bringing in real world people really helps us cement for kids that we don't operate in silos right that there's an interconnectedness right. going on they they have to see that you know and when, when i taught and when i still now like i really believe we need to show kids that everything, all of our subjects are connected. Yeah. And, you know, when I taught, I was very fortunate, the team I was on, we were all of the same mindset. Like we're, we're all connected. So we would do so many cross curricular lessons. I mean, I remember, you know, this was junior high. So we were able to pull off, we did a, a murder mystery and we had where, you know, the, the, there was a murder scene. We even had like some taped outline somewhere in the school um, of where the body was found. We probably couldn't get away with this now. We'd have to PG it down a little bit, but we, we had that. And then every subject, you know, like science was looking at kind of the forensics, like yeah. what clues can we find? And they were dusting things. And then math was kind of taking like, well, you know, doing like the measurements If this happened here and here's where we found this object, like calculating kind of the perimeters, yeah. times, you know, that, um, Social studies was looking at like a history of, of, you know, for the history of like kind of forensics, what happened, um, the history of just crime in our country, history of like policing and how things have, have detective work has gotten so much better. And then, um, in English, you know, we were writing, not just, you know, oh, we're going to write an essay about it guys. Like, but we we're writing like, you know, news clips and, and things like that. Yeah. And it was all the same theme, but we made sure that we were referencing well, you remember now think about back to science. How can we incorporate that into our writing here? You know, and, and yeah. we, you know, it was nice because the kids saw, you know, man, okay. Like, yeah, this is all, all of this works together. It's not like, here's my 45 minute math class. Here's my 120 minute yeah. ELA class. And, you know, they need to see that. And, and like you said, it's tough. And, you know, I've, we've done a lot of talking with, you know, e-learning and you know what's it going to look like in the fall you know right. this is across the country are we going back full-time are we going back hybrid are we going back in a e-learning um, right. type of and one of the conversations i've had because i'm on the e-learning committee for our district um well if we no one can sit in front of a computer for six hours giving right. instruction kids right staff no one can do that so we've talked a lot like well what are the hours we would do require staff to instruct or meet yeah. with students um what are the office hours you know how's it all going to work and you know there's the big conversation where 
you know, at elementary, you're not going to get all subjects in. And I, I said, well, if you're teaching, you know, math, you know, your, your two core subjects are going to be math and reading, right? Math and ELA. Incorporate science into those math lessons. Incorporate social studies. So maybe when you're doing your ELA, the stuff you're reading is social studies related material. Right. So you can at least cover the two of those. Now, junior high, you know, it, it gets a little different because it's hard because it's still very, you know, it's very siloed. But right. it's, it's, I think that that's the only way it's going to work. And I'm kind of getting off topic of what we've been discussing. No, but, but I think this is where it comes in. It, it, this, this right now, if we truly go back to full e-learning, right. you know, whether it's a quarter, a semester, a full year, we're going to have to break down those walls and split our CDs and share the stage and mesh <laughs> right. these, these things together to make it work. It's the only right. way. You talk about that idea of like the, that comes down to this too, like this idea of where, you know, you might have a third grade team where maybe one of them really has an eye on social studies because that's right. something they're passionate about. And the other two teachers might be like, I don't, I don't how do I incorporate that in? Well, you've got to share that stage, right? You've got it. Maybe right. it goes like, Maybe, you know, Miss Jones is the one who's going to do the social studies lessons right. for third grade. And, you know, another teacher is going to do the science lessons or whatever it is. But, but it comes down to this idea of like, that's going to be the challenge for us. But it's also, it also opens up such giant windows because if we don't, oh, go, yeah. if we don't go back remotely, let's say we go back modified or, you know, some places think they're going to be able to go back fully in person. Right. What we're, what we know now is that you can bring anybody into your classroom via something like zoom right oh yeah you know right now you're in, you're in the chicago land area and i'm in metro phoenix and we're able to connect via zoom and do the podcast you right. think about like well what's stopping you from asking you know an expert at a university to just right. pop in to your class right, right. and do a little bit of a lesson and talk a little bit about something remotely um or going, hey, do you think that we could sit down and chat about it? I want to show it to my kids. You know, maybe they can't. Right. For me as a high school teacher, maybe, maybe someone can't commit to doing four of my periods, right? They can't commit to doing five classes of this. Right. Maybe they could commit to, you know, a 30-minute discussion with me. And I can share right. that with my kids so they can see right. the expert talking about it. Maybe I can ask my kids to, you know, put those questions out and I can, I could tweet an expert and have them mm -hmm. answer those questions. Right. Those are, those are things that we can do that we have to be open to one saying that we're not experts. Right. That, that's know. the first thing you got to admit, you don't know it all and you need you, someone else's, someone else can do a better job explaining this or teaching it to you than I can. Right. And so, and then two, being a creative to find a way to bring them into your room. Don't right. be limited by the fact that they can't physically walk into your room. We are so easily connected now with, with, with each other that, you know, there has to be different networks that we can tap into to bring people into our classrooms to do this. Right to split that record, right? To, right. To, to create that stage where we're not the only band on stage. We can bring another band in, you know, to rev the crowd up because they got this killer track or whatever it is. And, right, right. And we can make that happen. And so I, I think that's going to be key as we move forward in education is, look, you and I both know, and we've said this on the show before, if you can ask Siri or you can ask Google or whoever, and they can tell you the exact answer, 
we have to find a reason to like engage students beyond a what's the day something happened right 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 or how right. many ounces in a pound right like we have to find a way to to engage them and that very that very well may be inviting experts in right like is right. there a bakery in your town i bet you they could tell you all about measurements right? oh yeah you know yeah. like yeah <laughs> You know, like why it's important to have exact measurements. And they could tell you like why they weigh their stuff instead of using a, you know, instead of using, you know, a cup measurement or whatever it is. Right. Right? There's a reason for that. And we can engage people in that process. So, you know, I, I think that's key. And, and as we wrap up this conversation, um, anything else you want to add to that, Mike? Or what do, you, what do you think about this whole idea? No, I mean, I agree with you. I, there, there's so many with technology now. Even yeah. if let's just imagine we do go back full on every you got your 20 something kids in your classroom. Almost every room now has a smart board, a Promethean board, some kind of projector. You know, you can zoom people in, you can just have them come in and they can. I've seen kids sitting on a carpet when you got someone live talking to them or read, you know, Jeff Kubiak's going to read him one drop of kindness. It's way better than me reading it to the kids. You know, have the author himself read it and they can ask him questions right there. I mean, we've got to find those ways to bring it in. And, you know, it's not only the kids that are going to benefit from it. You know, that that individual you have come in or share the stage with, yeah. they're, they, I've never had a guest speaker leave our building, whether it was school-wide or whether it was a specific grade level or classroom they talked to. I've never had someone leave and be like, Oh yeah, that was a waste of time. Never doing like that they, again. <laughs> they, right. They always leave smiling, happy, like they enjoyed what they took from it. Being able to, you know, you got to remember, they don't get to sit down in front of kids every day. Like they don't, right. they don't and, get to experience when they're, the kid's staring at you and you see the light bulbs going off and right. they're excited. I mean, that's, that's an awesome feeling. And we talk about that idea of like sharing your passion and what's better than bringing someone in who is super passionate about this thing right to share it right? right like i'm not super passionate about accounting but maybe i've got someone who can talk about really the importance of budgeting right at a, at a really different level than i can right. um so ladies and gentlemen I want to thank you for tuning in our next episode i'm going to be putting out a punk rock collaboration uh, remember you can follow us on twitter at punk classrooms you can follow mike on twitter at edu chef earnshaw and you can follow me on twitter at josh r buckley yeah, we also we're on we're on Instagram. We uh, are. We're on, so it's punk, same thing at Punk Classrooms punk. on Instagram. I think and you then, can follow all of us at the same exact thing on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. That's right. So there's that. And then uh, if you wanted to see our beautiful faces, if you were listening to this, uh, we do have stuff up on YouTube as well. So uh, yeah, you can you can find us, this you can live. find this very episode on YouTube <laughs> and watch us but, and our pretty punk rock faces. Yeah, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Josh, what yeah. are? Yeah, you said follow us the hashtag Punk Rock Classrooms. Yeah. But what have you been listening to this past week? I know we kind of started something new. We put out. Uh, uh, we did. We put out like our picks, our of, the picks week. of the week. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that's going to be yours. But what you've been listening to? I, so I would tell you like that. That power alone has been a really great album that I've that I've been jamming out to. But I'll tell you, I was also listening to another one, uh, another band called uh, Meet Me at the Altar right? So a okay. sort of pop punk, uh, tech punk sort of thing. Uh, the singer, she's great. Like it's a, it's a, it's a really sort of 
They, I think they just put out an album last year and then they just put out a single out this year. Um, they have an older album that's like two years old, but the album okay. they put out last year is an EP. It's, it's like four or five great tracks, like good, good little techie breakdowns and some solid punk rock. It's a meet me at like the at sign, the altar. Okay. Uh, you can, you can find them on Spotify. Um, but yeah, that's been a, that was a really, that was a rad listen. And then that, that power alone album uh, is, has been a great album too. What about you, man? Yes. What have you been listening to? Well, so I put it that, uh, that EP by Pow Fu, you know, my, we were driving in a car and it came on, you know, our, of the alternative music radio station and both my kids, uh, the kids were into it and I was like, this is kind of catchy. And I'm not going to lie in my head. I was like, okay, this is kind of like one of those like emo rap things. It's going to be a one hit wonder, you know, and you know, the, the song kept gets played a lot. It kept getting stuck in my head. So the other day I was like, I'm going to listen to this EP. You know, it was like 17 minutes long. Yeah. Josh, I was, I was blown away by this EP. Like it's, I mean, that's what it is. It's like just this guy from this kid. He's like 21. I think actually from Canada, you know, um, just doing like this emo rap, you know, yeah. songs about, you know, if I was in high school in my <laughs> emo phase, like I would have been all over this thing, but uh, I, I can't stop listening to this. There's so many tracks that just get stuck in your head. And then I come to find out, you know, cause it's one of those things, you know, when a new artist comes out and all they put out is an EP and you've got like the four or five songs, you're just waiting. Like, man, I need yeah. more music. I find out that this guy's been on TikTok for, however long and he's got a slew of just tracks on spotify he's put out himself oh, so that's it's awesome. not like yeah so it's, you, you got all this to go to go with but uh yeah so that's what i've listened to a lot lately awesome awesome well ladies and gentlemen we want to thank you for tuning in uh make sure that you give us one of those lovely ratings on itunes or follow us on spotify don't forget to hit the website punkrockclassrooms.com yeah. we've got blogs up we've got our videos up we've got you know uh the podcast you can go back and go through and check out the podcast and check out the show notes for this episode on the website to find out what are the tracks that we played for the intro and outro uh and then you can find our punk rock classrooms playlist is listed on those as well uh so ladies and gentlemen folks it's been great to 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 talk about this and uh mike and i'll see you at the show at the show take it you own life with boredom i'm taking my own life with one it helps you to rule